Welcome to Action Chapel International. We are one church in many locations worldwide. We are so excited that you took the time to join us today to feed on God's word and to enrich your spirit. We know that your life will never be the same. Now please join us for this powerful message. this year just wave your hands and say Lord I thank you for your goodness thank you Jesus we worship
You can do better. Please put your hands together and give him praise. Hallelujah. Thank you again for coming and thank you those <clears throat> joining us on Dominion Television 364 <clears throat> and on the Facebook and social media. Thank you. You can do better. Please put your hands together and give him praise. Hallelujah. Thank you again for coming and thank you those <clears throat> joining us on Dominion Television 364 <clears throat> and on the Facebook and social media. Thank you. I like you to just pray with me for a minute that I will come to you with inspiration, with clarity to impact your life and nothing less than that. Please pray for me right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the inspiration of the Almighty that giveth us understanding for there is a spirit in man and the inspiration of the almighty giveth him understanding so let there be clarity precision of speech clarity of thought that I speak under the inspiration of God not the enticing men's of one's, man's wisdom but the demonstration of power that light will come light will come illumination will come that everyone that hears the sound of my voice will hear your voice and not a man's voice. So we pray for light and clarity. We rebuke, remove obstacles and hindrances in the name of Jesus. Break every spell, break curses, break weapons, break misrepresentation, break every speculations and lies. Bind it in the name of Jesus. Put your hands together. Dismiss speculation. Dismiss confusion. Dismiss fiery doubts. Break spells. Break resistance. Break every resistance to truth, to revelation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. It's good to be with you once again. And again, thank you for coming and for everyone that attended Impact. It was such uh, times and seasons of refreshing. And a blessing, and I think it's a good place to put your hands together and to thank God. We did, we did talk about the test of faith uh, last week, Sunday night. And the fact of the matter is that the times we live in uh, are times where our faith in God, our commitment, obedience, everything, righteousness, sanctification, purity, you name it. Everything is being tested. It's a time of testing. This morning I'd like to talk to you about the test of love. 
the test of love. Uh, Charles Dickens said that these are the worst of times and the best of times. Seasons of light and season of darkness. It's a season of despair and yet a season of hope. A season of having everything and a season of having nothing. A season of wisdom and a season of foolishness. So these are trying times for all of us, for you and I. I'm not exempted. We are all facing the same challenge where who we say we are and our love for God is being tested. Your love for God and who you claim to be is known by the stand you take for what you love in times of conflict, in times of crisis, in times of adversity. It is the stand you take for what is right and for God and others and country that defines who you truly are. It is easy to love God, to love others and love country when everything is okay. But it's in trying and difficult times when one is under pressure and when you are confronted by uncertainty, where you are threatened, intimidated, and when you are troubled on every side, where you are wrongly accused, misrepresented, where you are scandalized, stigmatized, the stand you take in times like this is what reveals and defines who you truly are. So let's begin our journey, the test of love. We want to begin our journey with Matthew, right from the Synopsis Gospels, 24 and 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Has your love for God, for others and country wax cold? Is your love for God intact? Where is your love for God? Because there will be breakdown of order, conscience, morality, value. Because truth will be turned into lies. And justice will be turned into injustice. And because light will be turned into darkness and they will call darkness light. That is the time we live in all across the nations of the world. And he said because of the fact that the ancient standards or mark, line mark will be removed and men will not have regards for what is right and true anymore. The love of many shall wax cold. Deuteronomy 6 and 5. 
Deuteronomy 6 and 5. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, mm -hmm. and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. Are we loving him with all our heart, with all of our soul and our might? It's a question we must ask ourselves. That are we loving him as he requires and expects of us to love him? He said, I want it all or nothing. I don't want you to love me half and half. You see that you love me with everything or nothing. Because I'm God all by myself. And I need you to love me with everything. Mark 12 and 30. This was Jesus quoting Deuteronomy 6, 5. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Mm -hmm. And with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. It's the first commandment that God said, I require of you to love me. It is my requirement. I demand it. That you love me with everything that you are and have. I need you to love me wholeheartedly with your heart. Your mind, with your soul, with everything that you are, your strength. I want to profit and benefit of your strength, of your mind, and of everything that you are, your intellect and everything, than anyone else, than anything else, because I made you, I am your creator. Everything you are and will ever be, it's a result of me. And I need you to give me your best. I deserve it. And I want it. First John 3 and 18. My little, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So he says, if you love me, don't just say it, prove it. And I think that is where the test of love comes. That is the bottom line. That it is our ability to prove in trying and difficult and uncertain times like we find ourselves in, that defines who we are and whether we will rise up, ladies and gentlemen, on the wrong side of history or on the right side of history has everything to do with the stand we take in demonstrating and proving our love for God and what he cares about especially in difficult and trying times where the nations of the world are becoming self-centered selfish, covetous and greedy thinking about survivor of the fetus Everybody wants to survive. No one is willing to sacrifice and to be selfless. Everyone is thinking about their personal survival. And God said, I need you to prove to me 
that you care about what I care about. And we want to examine and look at certain individuals in the Bible. How they demonstrated and proved to God their love for God. And the benefits thereof. There are benefits, ladies and gentlemen, in loving God. There are eternal benefits in loving God. You can never go wrong when you prove your love for God and you love what he cares about. You never go wrong. You can be misunderstood and misrepresented. But it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. Come with me, please, to John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is a proof of the love of our creator, that he didn't just love in silence. He wasn't passive about his love. He took action. He did something. He proved this is the proof of God's love for humanity. That for God so loved and cared for humanity, he gave his best and he expects the best from you and I because he gave us his best. It's time for us to demonstrate and prove our love for God and for that which he cares for. If we love him, irrespective of the difficult times and the uncertain times we find ourselves in, we have to still prove and demonstrate our love for God. First Chronicles 29 and the third verse. First Chronicles 29 and verse 3. Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of my own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God, over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. So here was David, a man after God's own heart, and these are some of the qualities that distinguish David, the king of Israel, from other kings of Israel. He said, because I have set my affection, what have you set your affection on or where is your affection? He said, because I have set my affection, my love, on the house of my God, on the holy things of God, the temple, the ministry. Because I have set my love on the things God cares about. He cares about his church. He cares about souls. He cares about humanity. He said, because... I have set my love on the house of my God and on God's business. Jesus at the age of 12 when his parents went looking for him and they found him in the temple and said, where have you been? We've been looking for you. And Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. Not about making ends meet. Not about making money to pay my children's school fees or to have a house or a car. All that is great, but beyond all that, Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. So whatever is your profession in life, it's just a means to live. But the true thing 
and purpose of you and I is being about the Father's business. Because you and I will not be judged or defined by our profession. We'll be judged and defined by whether we fulfill our God's given mandate or destiny or not. As long as God is concerned, you and I are not businessmen, women, doctors, lawyers, engineers, or politicians, or whatever. He expects you and I to be about his business. And whatever we do in life is an opportunity given to you and I to serve God. To serve God in that particular area of life where we have opportunity to serve God. And we are serving God as we serve country. We serve God in whatever we do. So if you are a doctor, be an ambassador for Jesus at the hospital. If you are a lawyer, be an ambassador for God. If you are a judge, be an ambassador for God and for truth. Whatever you do, a politician, it doesn't matter who you are, what you do in this life. You must be an ambassador for God, being about the master or your father's business. Not about your own business. Even Jesus at the age of 12 understood that he had to be about his father's business. There are 12 years old today who are confused and don't know their purpose in life and what they must be or what they must become. Jesus was not confused about his mandate and purpose and destiny. He clearly understood why he was born and why life was given unto him as it is said that the greatest discovery in life is the day one discovered the reason for which life was given unto him. You and I are not here by mistake. We are not here by chance nor by accident. We are here by, ladies and gentlemen, divine providence to perform a duty for which we were born and life was given to you and I, there is a duty you and I must perform that none other can perform but you and I. And that is what we will be judged by God when we stand in eternity. And I said there are two eternities. An eternity with Jesus that has everything to do with serving God and his purpose when we were alive and an eternity without Jesus. And everything, and these two things have everything to do with how we lived when we were alive and what we did with our life, our time and resources and the opportunity that was given to us, whether we used it for the business of our God or for personal gain. We will be judged by that. The test of love. First John. No, before that, let's come to First Kings three, three to five. First Kings three, three to five. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David his father. You see, he loved the Lord. Where did he learn that from? From the dad. So children will either love God or not love Him based on what they experienced from parents as they were growing. 
Solomon chose to love the Lord. And the other sons of David, like Adonijah and Absalom and others, chose not to love the Lord and walk in the ways of their father like Solomon. But Solomon decided that I will love the Lord even as my father loved the Lord. And the Bible said, David said, because I have set my love or affection on the house of my God, I have of my own goods given and over and above, over and above, over and above. I have given gold, silver for the things of gold, for silver, for the holy things of the house of God. He did it not out of sympathy, not being manipulated by anyone, but out of love for God, God loves a cheerful giver. Let's do the things we do for God and what God cares about out of love for God. Out of love for God and not because we are being exploited or manipulated. Go ahead. And Solomon loved the Lord walking in the statues of David his father. Only he sacrificed and burnt incense in high places. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon that altar. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. You see, he followed his father's step. He loved God because his father taught him how to love God. We must teach our kids how to love the Lord. Some may follow our steps and others may not, but we owe it to them to teach them how to love God, not by saying we love the Lord, by demonstrating and proving it and showing it. It's very important for the next generation to teach them and show them by our actions how to love the Lord. And the same night, Adonai stepped out of the corridors of eternity and stepped into time to the geographical location where Solomon was and revealed himself unto him and said, what will thou have me do for you? God responded, not just to the thousand burnt offering, but to the love that he demonstrated. What he did was a result of love. God wasn't looking at the thousand burnt offering, he was looking at the motive behind the thousand burnt offering, and it was love. That thousand burnt offering was a result of his love for God. And Solomon loved the Lord. Do you love the Lord? And if you love the Lord, even in difficult and trying times, like we find ourselves in, your love for God will not grow cold or wax cold. You will still prove it. Come with me to Luke 7, 4 to 5. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying, that he was worthy for whom he should do this. For he loveth our nation, and he hath built us a synagogue. You see, this was a Roman, a, a, a Roman soldier. He wasn't a Jew. And the elders of Israel went to Jesus and brought a request to him that this Roman soldier has a servant, not even a son or a daughter, but a servant that needs his intervention. And they said that he's worthy 
Loving God and proving your love for God makes you worthy or qualified to receive and to obtain mercy from God in the time of need. In the time of need. In the time of need, you can obtain mercy for God if you care about what he cares about. When the prophet went and told King Hezekiah that he was going to die and therefore he should set his house in order, he turned to the wall. He didn't tell the prophet, pray for me. He didn't say, prophet, intercede for me. No, 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 no. He went to God himself, who is above every prophet, and said, Lord, check the records. Remember all that I have done for the house of my God. And the Lord said to the prophet, go back and tell him, I've given him 15 more years. I've extended his life and his days. You can extend your life, your years, and your days on earth if you are one that truly demonstrates your love for God. It makes you valuable before God. And even in trying and difficult times, there are companies that won't let some people go because of their value to the company, their usefulness. Loving God, proving your love for God, demonstrates before God your value and your usefulness to the kingdom. And they said, he loves our nation. He has love for this country. And it's not just by what he says. We have a proof of it. There's a testimony, a physical proof of his love for this country that he has built a synagogue for us. I pray for everyone hearing the sound of my voice that you will not die until you build a synagogue for God you will not die. That God will keep you alive until the day you build a synagogue and many synagogues, plural, for God, that you will not die. And that you will do things for God and what he cares about that will guarantee and give you eternal mileage and eternal rewards. That you are not just going to heaven, but when you arrive in heaven, you will be announced. That heavens will announce you and say, here cometh the man and the woman that proved his love for God by the things he or she did for what God cares about. For God so loved the world that he gave. Jesus is the proof of God's love. Today, where is the proof of your love for God? Are you just saying it? Or you can prove and demonstrate it. John chapter 21, verse 15 to 17. So when they had died, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he, he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. You see, so after the resurrection, Peter was so disappointed and he went back to the fishing business. 
And Jesus appeared to him at the shore. And he said, Peter, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? He said, Lord, I love you. He said, if you love me, prove it. Care about what I care about. Souls. The salvation of people. Souls. The eternity of men and women. It's not enough for you to say you love me, but prove it. If you love me, then take care of what I care about the most. People, souls. Care about what I care about. Love what I love. You love me? He said, yes, Lord. Jesus said, prove it. Second time, Peter, Peter, love it down me. Yes, Lord, prove it. Third time, Peter, do you love me? And at this time, Peter was grieved. He said, you question my love for you, master? Jesus said, yes, I do. It's not enough to love by words, but I want you to prove it. If you love God, even in these trying and difficult times, you will prove it. And my assignment is to remind you and myself that there is the possibility of our love for God becoming cold because of the trying times and the difficulties that confronts us, especially in these times. If you love him, you will prove it. If you love him, you will demonstrate it. 1 John 2, 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Interesting. Love not the world. Jesus said to Peter, Love it thou this than me. Do you love going back to the fishing business? Do you love making money, doing business? Do you love the marketplace? Do you love being a doctor, an engineer, a lawyer, or a politician, whatever, than me? Love it thou this than me? And if you love me, stop telling me you love me. Prove it. And that is the time we find ourselves in. And where we stand in eternity, ladies and gentlemen, has everything to do with what we do in these trying times when it comes to our love for God. What are you doing for God? Where is your love for God? Is it hot or cold? Where is your first love? Where you used to worship him on Sundays and weekdays if you are not in church you lose your joy, the joy of your salvation, and it's like something is wrong with you. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. How do you feel when you are not in church? Today, because the love of many have waxed cold, a little rain can stop us from coming to church. Somebody sent me something about a group of people that, Bishop, take this, put it on the screen and let's see. A group of people worshiping and it was raining heavily and 
It's amazing. See if we can show it before we close. Raining heavily. And they were praying under the heavy rain. Under the heavy rain. Commitment. Tested by the rain. Tested by the rain. And they passed the test. Where we are right now in the history of the world is not just the test of our faith, but it's also the test of our love and the test of our commitment to what we believe. The test of our love. Jesus said, love it down money, position, power, or material things than me, than my church, than souls, than the salvation of men and women, than the eternity of people. The reason why we come to church and we don't win souls, we don't invite anybody to church, we don't care about our loved ones and drivers, we leave our drivers in the car and we come and sit inside the auditorium, we don't bring them and we don't invite them. It, it, it speaks volumes of where we are. The other day, after the service, one security guy brought me two envelopes and said, Mr. Soso and so passed by and dropped it and went back. So I called him and I said, are you okay? I, I hear you, you dropped this envelope. And he said, oh, yes, it's my titan offering. I'm not feeling fine. I'm down with a very bad cold. And, but I felt that I should drop my titan, my offering for this Sunday and, and not keep it. So I'm, I'm home. I'm taking some medication. And you could hear in his voice that he was really fighting and struggling uh, with this cold uh, that he was going through. But what, what blew my mind and really won my heart and respect for him was the fact that in the mix of the illness, he thought about the house of God. In the mix of the illness, he drove from his house, came to the church premise on Sunday morning and dropped his tithe and his offering and went back home said, I can't sit in the service with the cold. There was a lady traveling the other day and he brought an envelope with a check of his, her tithe and her offering for the number of weeks she was away. And so I just wanted to leave my tithe and my offering because I'll be away for some time. That is what I'm talking about. Demonstrating your love and your commitment to God and to what he cares about. Jesus at the age of 12 his parents went looking for him. They couldn't find him. And after searching all over the place, they met and saw him in the temple. He was teaching, reading the book of Isaiah. And they were worried and said, we've looked all over for you. And Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. Even at the age of 12, he knew and understood his mission, his purpose. That he had a duty to perform. And it was about the Father's business. The business of God. The business of heaven. He's the reason why you and I are alive. Yeah. Somebody was ill the other day and called me and said, Papa, I want you to pray for me. I don't want to die. And I said, that is good. Why do you want to leave? Why do you want to leave? He couldn't answer. And I said, that is what the problem is. You want to leave. So you fulfill God's mandate. You want to live for the business of God. And not for yourself or even your kids or your loved one. It must be about the father's business. 
For this purpose, the Son of God was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. I pray that you will live and not die to fulfill the mandate of heaven, to fulfill God's business for which he gave you life. For there is a book written about every one of us. Jesus said the other day, he said, Behold, I come in the volumes of the books. For it is written of me, I come to do thy will, O Lord. It's not about what you are passionate about. It's not about your will, but his. It's not about passion, passion, passion. Somebody say, well, follow your passion, follow your... I ain't following any passion. Passion can mislead you. It's the will. I'm not even following my will. It's his will. Not as I will, but thy will be done. It's about the will of God and the will of the Father for you. And not about what you want or will, but his will be done. Amen? Romans 8, 35 to 39. My time is up. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Uh -huh. Shall tribulation? Trouble, trouble. He said, who or what can separate us from this love of God shed abroad in our heart? For the love of God is shed abroad in our heart. Trouble. Jesus said the other day, my peace, I live with you or I give unto you. Not as the world given. For in this world you shall have trouble, but in me you shall have peace. The world is not going to get any better. That's why the United Nations over 70 years have not been able to maintain permanent peace in any region of the earth or the nations of the world. Because peace is not a commodity. Peace is not something. Peace is someone. And his name is the Prince of Peace. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The everlasting Father. <laughs> Emmanuel, God is with us. And until we invite the Prince of Peace to step in the equation and sit on the head table as the Lord of the nations, we'll never know peace. And the world is never going to get any better, ladies and gentlemen. And that's why we have to win souls and bring them all to Christ because true peace can only be found in him. Go ahead. Or distress. Distress. Negative pressure. Stress. Stress. It goes with it. In this world, you face negative pressure. Distress. Go ahead. Or persecution. 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 Misrepresentation. Scandalization, stigmatization, becoming a byword, a proverb, yeah. a mockery all over the place. You'll be wrongly accused, be misrepresentation. But none of these things must stop our love for God. Our love for God must not wax cold because of persecution. Yeah. The other day, the disciples of Jesus said to him, we've left all these things and I've come following you. What do we get in return for following you? Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, that whosoever leaves land, houses, wives, children, parents, loved ones, name it, for my sake and the gospel, shall have a hundredfold return in this life including persecution 
and in the world to come eternal life. Persecution must not offend us. Persecution will even come from the church. That must not stop you from being a member of your church. You must not leave your church because you offended, because you are hurt, or somebody persecuted you, or somebody said things you didn't like. That is not the reason why you leave your church. Those are signs of being an amateur. It's very clear that you lack understanding. You lack understanding. Psalm 119 verse 165. Great peace have they that love his word. Nothing shall offend them. Blessed is whosoever that is not offended in me. What offends you? If you love him, none of these things. Persecution will not cause your love for God to wax cold. Persecution will not send you out of the church. Misrepresentation, stigmatization, rumor mongering will not send you away from the church. Go ahead. Or farming. Farming. In want of all things. Lack or want. Financial embarrassment will not stop you from loving him. It won't keep you away from the church. Go ahead. Or nakedness. Nakedness. Embarrassment. Reproach. Disgrace. Being taken advantage of. Being exploited. Betrayal. Being betrayed by loved ones. And it's part of the territory. It goes with it. Sometimes you'll be betrayed by people you love the most. And you've helped the most. You'll be betrayed and misunderstood. I was in a meeting some few months ago somewhere. And I didn't say anything. And the chairman of the board said, Archbishop, you haven't uttered a word all this time. Are you okay? And I said, oh, I'm fine. I'm just thinking. I'm thinking. And the reason why I was fired is because I knew that sometimes being courageous in certain societies and speaking your mind can create a situation of misrepresentation. And I knew that it doesn't matter what I say. I'll be misrepresented. So I just decided I'm not saying anything. And at the same time, I knew I should have said something, but I, 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 sometimes you get tired of being misunderstood and being misrepresented, misrepresented. So I just said, I'm not saying anything. And after the chairman said to me, Archbishop, are you sure you are okay? I said, I'm fine. He said, because you normally will express your point, your opinion, but today you didn't say anything. And I just felt like I shouldn't say anything. That's what it is. Betrayal, misrepresentation. Even whilst I'm preaching right now, those of you hearing me, after the service, if I met you out there and asked you, so what do you think about my message? You'll be shocked and surprised what every one of you will say. I'm saying one thing, but you are hearing something else. And the kind of opinions that everyone will give me upon this message of the test of love will, will, will surprise and shock you what people have. Sometimes I'll ask them, how was the message? And they'll tell me what I said. And I, I, I'm, I'm shocked. I said, so is that all you had? After all these days and hours of preparing. And they'll say, but you said this and said that. And I said, aha. It's amazing. It's amazing. Go ahead. Or peril. Peril. 
times of danger. Yeah. Times of threatenings, life and death situation. Fierce times. Life threatening situation. Whenever you decide to take a stand for the right thing, you'll be misunderstood. You come under all kinds of criticisms and misrepresentation. Go ahead. Or sword, war, pain, conflicts, afflictions. Go ahead. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We yeah. are counted as sheep for the slaughter. I remember during the lockdown time when I declared the midnight cry. Sometimes I go stand there weak and tired in my body. And I felt like I was dealing with a wild beast with many heads and fire coming out of its mouth. And I go there fighting and I can feel the pressure and the conflict that it wasn't just with flesh and blood that I was dealing with something strong and evil. And whenever I don't come on, people will be calling, Papa, what's going on? We've been expecting, I've been online all this time. The phones will be ringing. But they don't know the price I pay to go and stand out there. Confronting things, wrestling with something, contending with the powers of darkness over the destinies of families, individuals, cities, nations, churches. Conflicts. Go ahead. Nay. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Mm -hmm. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor, nor life, angels, nor angels, nor mm -hmm. principalities, mm -hmm. nor powers, mm -hmm. nor things present, yeah. nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. He said, I am persuaded. Are you persuaded? You cannot demonstrate your love for God in difficult times unless you are persuaded. Even in marriage, in everything, love for God, love for country, loved ones, family, unless you are persuaded, you will not be able to demonstrate your love for God. This morning, if you love him, prove it. And you will be judged. And defined by history and by eternity of where you stood in this time of conflict, in this time of uncertainty. Did you love God? Jesus said, do you love this than me? There are so many things seeking the attention of our love making demands on our love, distracting us from what is important. And whether you and I will rise up on the right side of history or on the wrong side of history has everything to do with what we love the most, whether we loved him or this. Please stand. I love you, Lord.
Lord. I love you, Lord. Yes, I love you, Lord. You are Lord. Love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Yeah, I love, love you, Lord. Yes, I love you, Lord. You are Lord. Lift up your arms. One more time, everybody now. I love you. Yeah, I love you. With your hands lifted up all over this place, tell him, Lord, I want you to help me and empower me to demonstrate my love for you. That I love you more than this. Peter, 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 love thou me than this. What is competing with your love for God? What is it? What is it that is competing with your love for God? I pray that you will pass the test of love and not fail. I pray that none will die before time, but all shall live to perform that duty of the business of God and the kingdom of God. The kusuma kifosuman tufanda sasas. Lakahan lekuvusan dalahanda kawahasis le tukan Devau suwan dikan dalahan divalukuan desantu kalamahan davayas. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Give him praise. I want us to pray right now that you will not be a victim and you won't be a casualty of any evil work. Jesus said, for this purpose I came to destroy the works of the enemy. Let none among us and let not anyone that concerns anyone here, home and abroad, be a victim or a casualty of any evil work. You will live and not die. Let there be no loss of any life among us and of anyone that concerns us, home or abroad, between now and the end of this year, and beyond. As we put our hands down, we dismiss every attack, dismiss misrepresentation, false accusation. We bind it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, another prayer. We declare in the name of Jesus any group of people who have joined hands in hands to hurt us, to hurt our loved ones, this house or this nation. 
any conspiracy against us, any conspiracy to kill, to discredit, to misrepresent, any conspiracy to implicate anyone among us, home and abroad, let it boomerang. Put your hands together, let it boomerang. Boomerang. Let it boomerang. In the name of Jesus, boomerang. Let it boomerang. Nakadomo satas. Nakayambadus. Nekolu bayahan. Dilayaku talan sawas. Salanda kali masuwa. Suluwa sala ikadila man. Devei kilahang kudunda wansada. Ikadulei tukang balahanda walahaka. Isolu wahandia mayanda luka bahan dilakundi vansutuas. Amen. In the name of Jesus, lift up both hands here I declare that I will not die prematurely and I will not lose any loved one. See, I will not lose anyone that concerns me or this house, home or abroad. Between now and the end of this year and beyond, say, let every mischief and conspiracy against me in the womb of time in the womb of the enemy, out there, in the name of Jesus, be intercepted and boomerang, 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 boomerang. Open your mouth, put your hands together. Boomerang, 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 boomerang. In the name of Jesus, boomerang. Thank you, Lord. That you were blessed by that message, and we look forward to sharing God's word with you once again. For more information on this and many other Action Chapel International products and messages, you may visit our Dominion Bookshop located on the premises of Action Chapel, Spintex Road, or you may call our offices on 030 701 1851. Or you may also visit us online at www.actionchapel.net. Once again, thank you for joining us today. And may your life continue to be changed in God's presence.